0: Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Folta.
1: Welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss contemporary issues in science and technology with a focus on biotechnology and the new innovations that can help people and help our planet. I'm Kevin Folta, and today we'll be talking about groundnut, or maybe you think of it as peanut, and the disease-causing organisms that lead to a contaminant called aflatoxin, one of the most potent toxins out there. We recently had the opportunity to read about a breakthrough in this area by which the toxin levels could be mitigated using a couple different biotechnological techniques. Today, I'm speaking with one of the investigators on that project. We go to St. Louis, Missouri, to the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center to talk to Dilip Shah, Dr. Shah is a principal investigator on the project and is a research associate at the, uh, at the Danforth Center. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Shah. Thank you. So let's um, start out with a little bit of background about this particular issue. What is aflatoxin?
3: So, so aflatoxins are uh, toxic compounds that are produced by certain fungi which infect, uh, you know, peanuts and corn and some other commodity crops. And then these compounds are highly carcinogenic. Uh, They also suppress immune system and uh, they are known to cause, you know, liver cancer in people who consume uh, this aflatoxin-contaminated, you know, well, peanuts or in the corn.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, we had um, Dr. Monica Schmidt on the podcast back in episode 74, and we talked about the issues in corn, but it, yes. in peanut, it's a really interesting situation because is it really worse in peanut for some reason?
3: Yes, because, uh, you know, peanuts, uh, usually the pea pod and the peanut pods develop underground. And that's where the fungus, you know, is located. And under certain conditions that are favorable to the fungus, these peanut pods get infected with this uh, fungus. And uh, if not uh, you know, controlled, uh, this fungus
1: can produce uh, you know, uh, toxins. And uh, this is a kind of uh, when you talk about peanuts, when all of the news came out about this, it talked about groundnut. And are peanuts and groundnuts essentially synonymous, or are these different types of varieties or even different species that maybe are used in different parts of the world?
3: They are synonymous. So, you know, um, there are different varieties of you know, peanuts grown uh, in different regions of the world. But uh, basically, you know, peanuts and groundnuts are
1: are the same. Okay, yeah, that was something that as much time as I've spent in science, I wasn't sure if they were exactly the same. And uh, it's good to know that they are the same because I certainly understand what a peanut is. I think there was like some family folklore that says that someone in my family invented the salted in the shell peanut, which rather interesting but I don't know if that's true or not <laughs> but let's talk about the idea of peanuts in the industrialized world versus the developing world uh, what's the big difference in terms of aflatoxin exposure and in terms of aflatoxin um, problems in both the, in the industrialized world versus the developing world
3: yeah so in, in, in countries like uh, in the US and uh, you know Canada uh, the overall you know, contamination of uh, peanuts with aflatoxins is generally low because of uh, you know the cultural practices that peanut growers use here in this you know in, in the developed countries whereas in uh, underdeveloped countries where you know peanuts are grown, uh, this aflatoxin problem is much bigger, uh, and that's because uh, the peanut growers don't have aflatoxin-resistant varieties uh, available to them, and uh, you no, know, the peanut growers cannot spend you know enough money to control fungal infection.
1: And, and what are some of the major countries that are? Peanut consumers are there specific examples of places especially in the developing world where peanut is a very important part of the diet? yes
3: so you know peanuts are actually eaten uh, in many different countries of the world you no know? so peanuts are consumed in you know, a raw you know they are also used uh, in peanut butter okay. so there are a number of uses. Now,
1: of uh, peanuts. A few weeks ago I was in Uganda and I had the opportunity to talk to people there, farmers in Uganda, and they were particularly interested in uh, aflatoxin as it pertained to maize. They said that people there had a higher likelihood of dying of liver cancer than of malaria and that this idea of aflatoxin uh, being a problem is really extreme. Do you have any ideas about how many people really suffer from this problem or any estimates of how many people have chronic exposure?
3: So it is uh, estimated that 5 billion people worldwide are exposed to uh, aflatoxins. And most of these people are from these underdeveloped or developing countries.
1: Wow, so that, you said five billion. So that's almost—that's yes, that billion people, and
3: particularly in Africa, uh, in Western Africa, they had conducted, you know, uh, a survey of people for aflatoxin uh, contamination, and they found that ninety-five percent of the individuals had detectable levels of aflatoxins in their
1: blood it It really is amazing that this kind of problem can be happening at such a massive level. yet is really under the radar as far as most Western people are concerned, like you don't hear people discussing this. It is a good opportunity for technology to maybe come in and play a vital role in we'll solving yes. yeah, I think this is one place to really solve a problem. so let's um take a quick break here, and then when we come back on the other side of the break. We'll visit with Dr. Shaw about what is the solution that his group implemented to solve the problem of aflatoxin in peanuts. We'll be right back in just a moment.
2: If you've been reading on the internet lately, you know that the question has been raised about how the Talking Biotech podcast is funded. I can see why. I mean, this would come up again and again, because a high-quality, professionally-produced podcast like this must depend on deep pockets from some major agricultural concern. I'm not sure they're getting your sarcasm on that. Well, I I certainly can vouch for the fact that this is a volunteer effort. As the booth announcer for the Talking Biotech podcast, I get a lousy cup of coffee and I pick up the donuts from the box that Kevin doesn't want. That's it. But that's okay. This enterprise is not about making a buck. It's about sharing science. The podcast is 100% funded by Folda personally. And no outside funding is considered. Go ahead. Try us. Send us a check for a million dollars and see if you don't get it right back. The real payment for the effort is the flood of kind words. The growing numbers of downloads. And the great questions that we get from listeners like you thank you for listening and now back to the podcast and we're back on the talking
1: biotech podcast today talking about what is a major world health crisis the problem of aflatoxins particularly in this case in peanuts we've been discussing this topic with dr. Dilip Shah from the da- Donald Danforth Institute in St. Louis Missouri Alright, right, so we heard all about aflatoxins and how this is a major agent in chronic exposure with people all over the world, particularly in the developing world. So what was the solution that the research that you uh, were involved with, what was that research uh, or what was the method used to solve the problem?
3: So the method that uh, we are trying to uh, develop uh, is to generate transgenic uh, you know peanut lines that will be resistant to fungal infection or uh, they can reduce the you know synthesis of these toxic compounds so we use basically two strategies to generate uh, you know aflatoxin resistant you know peanuts
1: I guess the first strategy was to use a kind of protein called a defensin, and that you installed these genes in uh, into peanut. So, where did you get the defensin genes? Where do they come from?
3: So, this defensin genes come from uh, this model legume plant called Medicago truncatula. So, one of the genes actually came from uh, Medicago truncatula. The other came from uh, alfalfa, which is a very important you know, forage crop. So these two genes were introduced into you know, peanuts, and we found that uh, you know, the proteins produced by these uh, you know, two genes were able to stop fungal infection.
1: And defensins, we've heard about in different capacities here we talked about defensins way back maybe two years ago on the podcast with regards to citrus because this was one of the types of uh, yeah one of the types of genes that could have a role in fighting that bacterium Fighting citrus grinning yeah absolutely but how do defensins work i you know do you have a a good understanding of the mechanism of action
3: yeah so for the last few years we have been looking at uh, the mechanisms of action of these proteins It turns out these proteins are able to damage the fungal cell wall and also uh, the fungal plasma membrane. Some of these defensins can actually get into fungal cells and uh, inhibit some of the important fungal cell processes. So these are the you know, general mechanisms by which these peptides can stop, you know, fungus from growing.
1: But doesn't uh, peanut have its own defensins? It seems like peanut, you know, <laughs> uh, but why why don't they work?
3: So peanuts have their own defensins. Uh, quite often, these uh, defensins are not expressed. You no. Know, Uh, in the right place at the right time. So if you have, you know, let's say a a Defensin, which is active against Aspergillus flavors and it is expressed, you know, in all tissues, then when the fungus comes in, it will be able to see this, you know, Defensin and, you know, uh, respond to it. While okay. the endogenous uh, defenses you know quite often are not able to make contact with the fungus
1: yeah, I see so that that is kind of a common problem we see across plant defense right. is that the evolved mechanisms are great in the great in the uh, in the wild but maybe aren't uh, turned on or turned on at the right time or in the that's right tissue so yeah. okay that's and good
3: often uh, you know fungus will also shut down the expression of the endogenous uh, defensins
1: that's true and i and so. i guess maybe by using the defensins from other legumes i mean you're that's you're right you're putting in something that's a little bit different that uh that i don't know does does uh alfalfa have a problem with uh, aflatoxin or with aspergillus it has not been documented Ah okay, so that's kind of interesting then so yeah that's that's actually interesting so so aside from this defense in protein that you um have engineered in that is, makes a peptide that can target fungal cell walls and membranes and other processes, you right. also added this small r n a and through this idea of the um host uh initiated immunity how um how does that work yeah so The idea here is to use
3: double-stranded RNA uh, that is directed against the genes that are directly responsible for aflatoxin biosynthesis. So when you express this double-stranded RNA in peanuts, what happens is that this double-stranded RNA gets into the fungal cells and will silence the genes for aflatoxin production. So it's called host induced gene silencing and uh, this approach has also been shown to work uh, in case of number of fungal pathogens and now you know, we have been able to show that it also works in case of peanuts to shut down aflatoxin biosynthesis.
1: Yeah, let me just run through this one more time because the audience yeah. sometimes um, they should know this one because this is really yeah. cool. This is where yeah. uh, the researchers install a coding sequence that matches the opposite <laughs> of, uh, the, um, of the of the genes needed for the synthesis of aflatoxin. And what this does is it causes an RNA-mediated interference. So you, you But there's a step before that. The plant is making these small RNAs that don't match the plant sequence. They have nothing to do with the plant sequence, so they're basically benign to the plant cell. Yeah. But when the fungus invades, it takes up a little bit of that RNA, and in the process, it goes through this cycle of amplification of those small pieces, which then shut down the genes required for aflatoxin production. Pretty Correct. cool. And this is what this Higgs approach does. It was host immune... Host-induced gene silencing. Uh, Host-induced gene silencing. There's too many oh, words Higgs. like... Yeah. yeah, Higgs. Like There's too many words that start with I, and I never get it right. I always... Yeah. <laughs> so, so this solution is really cool because it has... Uh, really two prongs to it. Was that done on purpose to more or less ensure a less likelihood or a lower likelihood of the yeah, pathogen so, uh, evolving uh, so, so, around it?
3: Yeah. So the goal is to actually, you know, stop this fungus uh, pre-harvest as well as you know, post-harvest. And, you know, we like to combine these two technologies in a single transgenic you know, peanut plant to make sure that the peanuts that are produced are completely free from any toxin contamination.
1: Well, and this is always the point of the podcast where it's actually yeah. a little bit sad because I, I always wonder, here we have an excellent solution that can help the health of yeah. billions of people. How is it moving towards deregulation? Is it something that's in the works in the states, or something in other parts of the world that's even in a pipeline towards deregulation?
3: So right now, it's in very early stage of uh, you know commercial development. So we have the proof of concept you know uh, in the greenhouse studies. Now you know we need to test these lines in the field to. Convince ourselves that these technologies work uh, in the field, and then we will try to, you know, uh, seek uh, regulatory approval uh, for this technology.
1: And are uh, is there a plan to move these kinds of uh, genes or these types of transgenic solutions? Can these be coupled with uh, the natural Immunities that are found in peanut, like do you have specific lines you'd like to cross? correct. So once
3: you have
1: uh,
3: transgenic peanut lines that are immune from aspergillus uh, infection, they can be crossed with uh, you know commercially grown peanut lines, you know, uh, in different parts of the world, and you know you can you can actually transfer these genes for aflatoxin control to the, you know, grower preferred varieties.
1: And so if people wanted to learn more about this particular project, is there a place that you could direct them online or maybe to a social media site where they could learn yes. more about it?
3: Yes, uh, so the you know, website is uh, icrisat.org.
1: Okay, so I-C-R-I-S-A-T. Yeah. .org. And I'll, no, put it, I'll place a link for it uh, on the website accompanying this particular uh, episode. Yeah. yeah. So what's uh, next in the future of the project, other than breeding into those new varieties?
3: So the, so the next is to combine these two traits, these two technologies, in a single peanut plant, with the hope that we can completely stop aflatoxin production. And then we will test these lines in the field uh, for at least two to three years. And then, you know, uh, once that's done, uh, these lines will have to be tested uh, at multiple locations.
1: throughout india yeah it's 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 pretty remarkable in a lot of ways that that the time to approval is something that relies on a lot of field tests and you know i mean we know how peanuts grow and we know they're good varieties so if you just make them one better it's it would be a different story if it was a a better flavor or a funny color but the fact that this is a solution to liver cancer that's striking Billions yeah. of people. Absolutely. It, it almost seems um, immoral to hold that technology back. And, you know, it, it's one of the frustrations that I always feel in these interviews, and certainly I'm sure you as a researcher, you're doing yeah. this for the right reasons, and, you know, it's slow to hit hit the ground. But, yeah. but you know, good luck to you and your team on this. And uh, it, I'm really looking forward to this being a, um, a, a big thing going forward. And when you have additional breakthroughs, please contact me. I'd be very, very excited to have you back on the podcast. Sure, absolutely. Thank you very much, Dr. Daleep Shah. Thank you very much for participating in today's podcast with your exciting studies. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that was Dr. Dalip Shah from the Donald Danforth Institute in St. Louis, Missouri with breakthroughs in groundnut or peanut uh, to stop aflatoxin, the carcinogen that comes from a common pathogen of peanuts and maize that has profound impacts on humans. This is the Talking Biotech Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please write a review on iTunes. Um, It really does help us out. Um, We're actually doing pretty good over there. Um, Lots of podcasts out in science space right now, and we have a really distinct niche. We're not covering a wide variety of topics. We're talking about issues in biotechnology, particularly with uh, genetic engineering We have good penetration in that space, but in order for us to gain a larger audience to learn about these technologies, in this case, something that could help billions of people, we need those reviews, we need your feedback. So spread the word, talk to other people, share the good things that we hear from the outstanding uh, folks who join us here on the Talking Biotech podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech podcast. Please send your suggestions for guests, comments, or questions to talkingbiotech at
2: gmail.com. Please write a review on iTunes and recommend this podcast to a friend. More downloads and reviews raise the visibility of this podcast and
0: help us reach a wider audience with science.